settling is not an option for me. Everything I desire is already mine. What if you can have it all? Because every day is for the girls. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of For the Girls. I'm your host, Victoria Alario. On today's episode, we are going to get into the influencer marketing and content creation part of my life. I am super excited because I have my first ever For the Girls guest on today, and she's actually my talent agent. We have Samantha Zinkovich, owner of Zinc Talent. I am so excited to have her on, and I am so grateful for her. We have been working together for a little over a year now. June of this year, 2021, was our anniversary since we've partnered. I still remember that day like it was yesterday when she emailed me about getting on the phone and we hit it off and we not only have been working together since, but we have been friends since. I, I love our relationship and working with Samantha and Zinc Talent has seriously changed the influencer game for me. And I have been in this industry for a while now, but not in the capacity that I'm in it now. I was not making even close to the income that I'm making now as an influencer. And I was representing myself versus when Zinc Talent started to represent me. Having an agency support you is truly the best thing that I could recommend for influencers. So Samantha comes from the PR world. She will explain all of that and her journey into launching Zinc Talent, which is a badass agency that I am so honored and so blessed to be a part of. But I also come from the PR world. That was what I got my degree in. And so for a lot of you, you probably don't know much about me. You probably have not heard about me prior to this podcast. So I'm going to share my journey and my story from where I started to how I got to the position that I'm in today. And then we will get Samantha on and interview her. So let's rewind the clock back many moons ago (laughs) to when I was in college. Yes, we are going that far back to 2015, which I probably made myself sound so much older than I am, but it was 2015 and I was studying abroad in London, which I had the game plan that that's when I was going to start sharing my style on Instagram. I was going to create a whole new Instagram. I had been following Ariel Charnas, who at the time was branded as Something Navy. Now Something Navy is a huge clothing brand, but she goes under her name now. And I was following Ami Song. I love her. She also now has Song of Style. I really watched like the OG influencers go from being Instagram blogger type people to being full-blown entrepreneurs and business owners over the years. It really has been amazing. So I was following these girls that are just strutting New York, like living my dream life, killing it and sharing their style and getting paid for it. So I knew London was when I was going to start that. So I launched it in 2015 with all my cute, like London, cool pop of color outfits. And I had been doing that throughout the rest of college. I was literally taking photos at parties, like on dirty, gross walls. I'm wearing these like nice, cute dresses and having people take photos of me at these house parties and I was taking photos in my dorm room, whether I was setting it up on self-timer or bothering my friends during the pregame, like take a picture of me in between your next two shots. You know, I, I need to get something up on the Instagram. And 
people were, I don't want to say making fun of me. I didn't get too badly made fun of, but they definitely were like, uh, they, they were bothered by me, you know, like people thought that I was annoying, but I was so passionate and I was so excited and I was so determined to make it be something. And then once I graduated, I got my full-time job in PR, which was on paper, my dream job, you know, I went from being a college student to just automatically being a full time press executive in a luxury European fashion showroom in New York City. And it was it was a really great first job, I would say it was everything that I wanted. That was exactly what I had gone to school for. But deep down, of course, my underlying desire was to make it on my own and I really wanted a platform and I really wanted to work for myself and be an influencer and I was so obsessed I would get really I don't want to say insecure but I would get like oh like aggravated with myself that there that there's got to be something more because on my end of the job as the press executive I would have influencers come in I would book them to come in and borrow the pieces from our showroom. So I would meet all the influencers. They would come, try on these outfits. They would go shoot them and then bring them back, whatever the case was. I would have stylists come in to dress their clients for, whether it be a music video or a red carpet, like a movie premiere, anything that their client was going to be doing that was just way cooler than whatever I was doing, they were coming in and dressing them for. And I used to be in my showroom closet where all of the outfits were and asking these stylists and these influencers so many questions. Anything that I could know about them, I I really took it as mentorship and I would just embed their answers into my head and I would just go super hard. And one of the most devastating moments for me was when an influencer who I was obsessed with at the time like I I really loved her content she was so sweet when she came in she borrowed some outfits to shoot and I had been telling her like this was my dream and this is what I really want to do and she gave me advice and she was so nice and she said to me now trust me I did not say to her follow me on Instagram I did not even dare bring that up because I knew my role you know my my Instagram I think had like maybe 700 followers, you know, my picture content was terrible. I know my place. I am very self aware. But she said to me, here, type in your Instagram, like, I would love to follow you and just like hype you up and support you and all that stuff. And I I mean, my palms were sweating. Like that was the best thing that could have ever happened to me probably in my life. So of course, you know, she followed me, I was super ecstatic. And commenting her stuff and all that then I noticed like she was never liking or commenting mine so I looked like a couple days later and I was like oh my god she unfollowed me already like she followed me in front of my face and then probably walked out of the room and unfollowed me right away I was so upset but whatever I mean it is what it is I guess this is why I don't even make those kind of offers I don't even make the offer if I know I don't want to follow you I will not even fake the funk I will not pretend to be kind because then you're going to upset somebody when you unfollow them I also went ahead and now trust me when I tell you I was broke as a joke my job paid me nothing like 
it was hard. It was really hard. I was still living at home at my parents' house. And of course, I wanted to live like in the city or I just wanted to be independent. I wanted to just be an adult, but that was not possible. So with the very few dollars I had in my bank account, I had reached out to probably about 10 influencers and I had sent them a super professional email inquiring about booking their time. Now they had nothing on their profiles about consulting or anything of the sort, but I, I'm a writer and I, I know what I want. So I really set the tone and I told them, here are my goals. Here's what I want. I could pay you for an hour of your time. I have a nine to five job. I get a one hour lunch break. So I would love to take my lunch break to talk to you. And um, one little side note as well, like I didn't take any of my lunch breaks at work. I don't think people understand when I say I'm a hustler, I spent my lunch breaks at my job every single day shooting content. I would go outside even when it was freezing. This is in New York City, which is freezing cold majority of the year. Like seasons don't even count. It's summer and then it's winter. That's it. Every lunch break, I would get out there and shoot content. I would literally make my coworkers undress and give me their clothes. And I would go out, shoot in their outfits and then come back in, give them their clothes back. Like they honestly respected my hustle. They thought I was crazy, but they knew that I was passionate. They knew that I loved what I was doing and they really didn't judge. They would take my photos. They would poke a little fun with me, but all playful and really kind and really supportive people. And that's such a big deal to have during those stages, those hustle stages of like, I pretty much suck at what I'm doing, but thank you so much for supporting me anyway. And I would take the clothes right off their back and they would let me do it. And they would take my photos. And that's how I spent every single lunch break, every single day at my job, which also probably makes sense why my boss couldn't stand me because I was much more passionate about what I was doing on my lunch break than what I was doing during my actual work hours. So in any case, I had one influencer actually respond to me. Out of everybody I emailed, only one responded. And she told me it was going to be $150 for an hour. And I said, take my money. And I wrote a whole page of like questions to ask, ask her. And that was, that was one of the greatest experiences because she really answered every single question I had. And I just learned so much in that one hour. Didn't matter if I was starving from not eating. I was much more hungry for success and much more hungry to attack my goals and the thing is is that when you are broke like that and you have your back against the wall you're going to take your investments seriously and that $150 was a lot of money to me that was everything to me I had been promoting clothing brands which obviously nobody was working with me so I wasn't making any money I was doing it for free but I was also buying my clothes shooting it with the tags on and then returning the clothes because I couldn't afford to keep up with being an influencer if I had to buy my own clothes. I didn't have enough followers for a brand to want to work with me, let alone pay me. So I would legitimately go on huge shopping sprees, shoot all of the clothes and then take every single piece of it back. And that was the only way that I would maintain doing it. And I only kept things if I really, really loved it and thought I was going to wear it like in real life. But otherwise, I was just like, no, I need the money. I knew that I was going to make it happen. And I knew that something bigger was coming for me. So after a while, 
I ended up quitting my job with nothing more than belief in myself. And I, I started to do freelance and I was going to do styling and X, Y, and Z, hoping I was going to make money as an influencer. But very shortly after quitting my job, I actually ended up going on X on the beach, getting on reality TV. And, you know, of course, I would have loved to find a boyfriend there, right? That's always the main goal that would have been lovely. But I'm also just very strategic and smart when it comes to my goals. And I will do whatever it takes to get a couple steps ahead. And I knew that that was going to help me get there. I knew that that was going to help me build my platform. So I would say that's probably the main reason why I did it, because I knew Like this was my saving grace. This is the thing that's going to get me ahead as an influencer. I need that following and all that. So I filmed the show. It didn't come out for a while. After the show, I had gotten another job because I needed something. I did have belief in myself, but (laughs) belief is not going to feed you. (laughs) I needed to have a steadier income. So I did get another job and I started to do that. But then I, I actually was growing a little bit of a following. I think I got it to like, 3500 like not high but at least brands started to like recognize me somewhat and then that's when I got into network marketing which completely changed my life and saved my life and say what you will if you're not in the industry but man that really took me from like broke as a joke to as successful as I am now and with the income that I have now like that industry truly truly changed my life And I will forever be grateful for it. And I will forever defend it to anybody who tries to call it anything other than great. So I started to do that. And that's when I was able to quit my full-time job for real. And I said, now I can really pursue influencing because I'm making enough money from home. So now I could really go hard. And that's when I started to actually make a little bit of money as an influencer. Not huge, but I I had enough followers to be able to sign up on like some of these websites where you could get like $50 paid you know posts for gummies and things like that but listen $50 is better than $0 right so the hustle was real then my show came out then my following grew and I had worked with some managers here and there and people tried to help me out but they ultimately weren't a great fit for me So I really more so did everything on my own. And when you do everything on your own, people don't understand how much work it is. Like not only are you the content creator, like taking the pictures, you're the stylist, you're the hairstylist, you're the makeup artist, you're the photographer. Yes, I was taking my own photos with tripods. My mom was taking my photos. You're also the person doing the office work. Like I was doing the negotiating. I was doing all of the emailing and everything that you don't want to do you'd rather an assistant do but I didn't have the money for an assistant so that job in itself is full-time but again it was my dream and it was worth it and then it wasn't until years into doing that you know all of 2018 all of 2019 and then 2020 is when Samantha Zinc sent me an email that was the day that influencing changed for me because we started working together right after that. Okay, without further ado, welcome the very first guest that we are having on For the Girls podcast. Super excited to have you here, Samantha Zink. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited. Did you know that you're my first guest? Did I tell you that? I think you did, yeah. 
I did. Okay. Well, <laughs> no pressure or anything, but yeah, time to bring it girl. You guys are going to learn so much from her and get some really cool insight on like the influencer world and the business owner world. So Sam, I already mentioned that you come from PR. So tell us kind of like your journey, housing talent came to be, what were you doing first? How did this all unfold? Yeah. So when I was going to college, I Honestly, I had no idea what I was going to do, right? But my guidance counselor said she saw me in PR, seemed easy. I went for it. I went to school for PR, moved to New York City. I was in fashion PR for eight years, which just seems crazy now. I really wanted to be just like the girls on the hills, right? Laguna Beach, the hills. That was my era. Um, Throwback to when we were watching it at your apartment. Oh, yeah, we were. Um, <laughs> I wanted to be Lauren Conrad, right? And so I was in it. I was living in New York City in fashion PR. I was doing New York Fashion Week. I was meeting celebrities. Um, seems glamorous, right? Not glamorous. <laughs> <laughs> I was overworked and underpaid, living paycheck to paycheck. My parents had to help me out with rent. I couldn't go out with my girlfriends, could not travel. Oh my goodness, I could not travel. And um, so it wasn't glamorous at all. I hated it. I was jumping around from agency to agency hoping for more money, hoping that my boss wasn't the devil versus Prada. Right. And it just wasn't the reality. So um, you were doing, you weren't doing in-house, you were at agencies and you had like lots of clients. Yep, exactly. Um, which was hell. Absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah, it was just, it was so much stress and Influencers were on the rise in, you know, 2014 to 2016. I started working with influencers. Media was dying down. We weren't pitching to media anymore. We were paying influencers to promote our, you know, fashion designers clothing or our brand's products. And I, you know, started to build my network of influencers. I was just so taken back by how much money these influencers were making. I was sitting at my desk and making the same like shit salary and paying these influencers so much money. And I was like, what the heck? I'm on the wrong side of things. So one New York Fashion Week, I was so run down, so exhausted on the subway. We would do the shows till 5 a.m. and then be at the office at 7 a.m. I didn't get paid anymore. I was yelled at all the time. It was horrible. Yeah, there's no I such thing as overtime. Like your salary is your salary, no matter how many hours you're there. Mind you, this was like a Saturday too, a Saturday show. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I remember being on the subway and it's so funny because I had an epiphany, right? I was, I was like so run down, so broke, so exhausted. And just something like sparked in me and I was like, I'm going to manage influencers. <laughs> and once I have something in my mind, I have to do it. I have to go for it. And the very next day, I had eight shows to do that day, but I started Zinc Talent. I thought about it. What did I want my brand to be? Who are my clients? What is the name? I didn't even know what my name was going to be. And I went for it and I started it as a side hustle that very next day. I would take my influencer connections. I would be like, hey, I want to grab coffee um, because I did that anyways, being in PR. And I sat them down, bought them a coffee or a matcha latte. And I said, hey, what if I managed you? <laughs> and I had this whole pitch too. You know, I was like really hyping myself and pitching myself. And I was like, we don't have to be exclusive, but I feel like I can make you a lot of money because all of my experience in PR, it's just on the opposite side. They didn't even care about my pitch. They were like, let's do it. All right. I didn't have an agency. I 
I thought of a name, you know, I was like, okay, I'll use my last name, talent, easy enough. Um, I was scrappy, you know, I connected with one of my graphic designer friends, paid them 60 bucks for a logo. I didn't have a website. I figured out how to make an email and, you know, put together a signature and did it. I started pitching her to brands. And I think my fifth email, we made a 10K deal. Oh my God. I was like, what, what, wait a minute. Like, this is it. This is how easy this is. But my experience in PR helped me start my agency. You know, it wasn't super random. I had all these qualifications and all the knowledge from being in PR. So started as a side hustle. And months later, I ended up walking out of my PR agency. They yelled at me and I was like, God, you know, universe, if I'm meant to leave and take on Zinc Talent full time, show me one, 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 you know, I'm a little spiritual like that. And I forgot about it. The day was going on. I was so upset that my boss is yelling at me for no apparent reason. I went to lunch. I look at my phone, Victoria, and I was like, 111? No way. I have to leave. Oh, my goodness. I swear. Yeah, you can. And that was it? You never went back? So I grabbed my stuff from my desk, my laptop, all of my stuff. And I didn't even say where I was going. And I left. And I, I'm not going to lie. I stood at the subway for 30 minutes. Like <laughs> all my, my girlfriends, not my parents. I was like way too afraid to tell my parents. And I was like, guys, I, should I get on the subway? Tell me what to do. Tell me what the move is. And I was like, if I don't make it, will you help me pay my rent and take me in? And they're like, do it, Samantha. Like, I believe in you. Do it. And I got on the subway, went home. I wrote my boss a long email. And she never even wrote me back. And I started in town full time. <laughs> Sam, what? I didn't yeah. know that. I know. So you wild. legitimately yeah, I, you got me. I have the chills all over. So you asked the universe for a sign. They showed you the sign and you full blown went with it. You were like, goodbye. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this. That's amazing. Yeah, because I was like, what are the chances that I forget about it? And yeah. then I look at my phone, it's one eleven, And I was like, I cannot upset the universe. We got to go for it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that was 2019 or, or when was that? 2018. 2018. Okay. So you did that in 2018 with how many clients under your belt? One? I think I had three, two to maybe two to three clients then. Yeah, it oh, was, okay. I, it was a huge risk. I'll tell you yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> so you had two to three clients, hardly exclusive, but just kind of like went out there on a whim. And now where are you today? How many clients and how many clients do you have and how many people are on your team? Because when you did that, you were working solo. So it was just you and your three clients. Now, what does the agency look like? Now we have 31 clients and I have nine people on my team. Wow. In three years. Yeah. The 31 clients. Are they all US based or? They're, glo- they're globally based. Yep. Don't ask how that happened. It yeah. just- <laughs> <laughs> I I mean wow though like you 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 really just like made that happen like you full blown just committed to it and that was it you blew up zinc talent wow that's amazing so all right I want to ask you for your insight you could give me two answers here what is something people don't know about the influencer industry you could give me one thing on the agency side and one thing on the talent side so one thing that people don't understand is how dang hard it is (laughs) how competitive it is it is not like 
you know, influencers are just posting a photo and getting paid $10,000. There's so much to it. You know, we are pitching hundreds of brands a day and maybe getting one to two collaborations from it, you know? Mm -hmm. And then once we're in touch with a brand, we have to share backend analytics. You know, it's like, we have to show how many story views the influencer is getting, how much they're selling, post analytics, audience demographic. And then we have to negotiate a rate. You know, it's back and forth. It's very salesy. It's not like just one set rate. We have to really um, meet halfway a lot of the time. Then once everything's confirmed, we have to get the product to the influencer. We have to get guidelines to the influencer, photo guidelines, caption guidelines. The influencer doesn't have creative control like a lot of people think. The brand is really controlling the voice, the narrative, the like what the photo even looks like. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the time they're not even happy or pleased with the content. We have to reshoot. We're going back and forth. Um, once everything's finalized, we have a post date. The post goes live and then we share the, I guess the posts or TikTok or YouTube, the success of it. Um, and I'm telling you, the brands are looking for sales. So you're, if you're not selling hundreds or thousands of whatever it is you're posting, you know, they could be upset about it. And then maybe we have to do a makeup and it's just, there's so much back and forth and it's very stressful. Yes, we have a lot of non-stressful, successful, wonderful partnerships, but to make everybody happy, it does take a lot of work, effort, um, and back and forth. And it could take weeks, months to even get that post up. It's it's so true what you say when you're like, the brands are looking for sales. And like, mm-hmm. we, we call ourselves content creators, you know, as influencers. And it's so true. Like, you can't really create 100% of the content the way that you would because the company has a specific quota that they're really looking to meet through the influencers so they are really controlling that content to make sure that it aligns with the amount of sales that they need to get you know it's like they want it to be an organic voice but at the same time they want it to be exactly how they want it so it's definitely it is it's a lot and you you definitely hit the nail on the head when you said that because it's it's um what, what's the saying like it takes a village it's not mm-hmm. because i i talk about this um and right before you got on, I kind of introduced the influencer side of things prior to connecting with you. And I was doing everything myself. And at that point, you barely even take on paid deals because you don't even have the time to keep going back and forth as one person with all the brands doing all of this stuff. And with Zing Talent, you know, I have like four people under you that I kind of work with that seal oversee all different brands so doing it alone as an influencer it's insane it really does take a village it's hard to do alone with all of that being said that it's a lot of work and all that what do you say to people or what do you what do you think in your head you know to people who really underestimate this industry they make it like it's a joke like what's something that you could could try to say to educate or or what have you with the people who don't understand that it's that hard of work yeah so i tell them it's modern day advertising mostly i say this to you know an older generation like our parents <laughs> you know when i told my parents i was an influencer manager or Anybody, you know what I mean? Anybody in that sort of age bracket, they're like, what are influencers? What are you managing? No one understands, but it's modern day advertising. So 
uh, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, brands were paying radio stations, television, um, hardcover magazines for advertisements, right? Nobody's listening to the radio or watching cable or reading hardcover magazines. So they're taking those advertising dollars and they're putting it into social media, man uh, sorry, influencers. And that's what it is. You know, you influencers are creating beautiful content, but they're advertising the product or the car or the fashion designer or their beauty product um, because that's just what the, you know, that's what it is now. That's <laughs> a smart way to put it. It's modern day. It's the future of sales. It's the future of adver advertisements. Nowadays, models are only becoming successful models if they have a, a social media presence. Like mm -hmm. you're not even seeing models that aren't on Instagram anymore. Like the new wave of, of everything in the fashion industry, at least has to, it all stems back to a social media presence you're following and what have you. And that's a huge, that's a really great way to put it. Modern day advertising. Modern day advertising. I'm because yeah, brands that. always have to advertise, mm -hmm. but why would they pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to be in a magazine when nobody's reading the magazine anymore. Yeah. To these? And Spotify, everybody buys Spotify. So we don't hear the ads, you know? <laughs> That's so true. Oh my God. Yeah. Ew. Who right. So spot on. So good. I love that. So I want to get into the business side a little bit as a business owner, which you may have never even imagined that you would be, you know, coming from PR, no one really imagines that they're going to be a business <laughs> owner. So as a business owner, what would you say was your biggest key to success in this whole transition? Easy. The biggest key to my success is keeping up with my growth. That's it. There's so many greedy business owners who see the money coming in but they don't want to hire because they want to keep that money. But then the the little team that they have, or if it's just them doing everything, everybody's either overwhelmed, overworked, and then the clients aren't happy. You know, my clients are always booked with jobs. My team is always happy. And as I add to my roster, I add to my team. So we're consistently giving jobs to the influencers and booking them for stuff and everybody's happy. Most of my clientele, word of mouth, recommendation. So I like to think that in that aspect, I'm doing things right. That answer, like I have the chills on my body <laughs> because you're the first person who gave a, a non-cliche answer, like stay committed, stay disciplined, you know, like, like mm -hmm. that's always the same sort of answer, right? Like my biggest, my biggest key to success is like sacrificing this or doing that. Like I've never heard someone say keeping up with my growth. That is so huge, like outsourcing and delegating and letting other people take on jobs. Like you're not a control freak which is actually a really good thing. I, uh, like you're in control for yeah. sure. Like you're definitely in control. You definitely run the show. You're always on shit in the group chat. Like it's never, it's never something that you're unaware of because you're really on top of every deal. So I definitely give you credit for that, but you're not afraid to let other people do their job. And that's something that I had to really kind of let go of you know me, I'm like a high strung individual. <laughs> and like, I am such a control freak that when I feel like I'm not in control, I, I freeze. Mm -hmm. And you you are you let people just do their job. And you're, that is such a that's huge. I, I respect you like 10 times more hearing that I love that. 
Yeah, I mean, you have to. It, it, the money is great. You want all the money. It's a, it's a new world. Yeah. But if you let things slip and your clients aren't happy, then your agency has a bad reputation and you're not going to grow anymore. And people are going to say, I don't want to be represented by Zinc Talent. You know, they don't book me anything. But instead they're saying, I have so many jobs from Zinc Talent. I love working for Zinc Talent. Like I want to keep my rep- um, my reputation, you know, high, vibrant, positive. And that's going to be the key to my success. Oh my God. That was so good. That was so good. Okay. My very last question for you, Samantha, is what advice would you give someone who wants to start their own business? Before I started Zing Talent, I know it sounds like I kind of just did it on the fly. Um, <laughs> I... <laughs> I really educated myself in what it means to be an entrepreneur or a business owner. I listened to podcasts all day long about, um, you know, female starting businesses or um, just even being in the talent space. I read books. I just overeducated myself. I was so hungry and excited. I didn't just jump right in. I Googled all day, every day you know, a list of how to start a business, you know, I didn't even know. So I needed to really know what the space was, know what I was getting into, know what my options were and hear other people's stories before I even started pitching out the influencer. I didn't want to just jump into something that I was, you know, a space that I just had no idea what to do in. So I think if you want to start a business, if it's an agency, if you want to launch a product, there's so much to do out there over-educate yourself in this space before you even think about doing it. You know, know your competitors, listen to other people's stories, pick people's brains. So that's it, is just educate yourself, have knowledge, know what you're talking about, be an absolute expert. Wow, wow, that was amazing. Super educational, really different answers than what I was expecting or, or what, what somebody else would have given me. If I asked these questions to anybody else, I really don't think I would have gotten the value that you just gave. So thank you so much for that. This, this was amazing. You were a great first guest. So excited for everything that's to come. And thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This was fun. That interview was simply amazing. I am so glad that you guys got to hear from Samantha. I love working with her and she just provided so much insight on this industry. So that's all we have for this week's episode. I will see you guys next Monday. Until next time, girls.